0: live. Hello, this is William Fink, and this is of Saturdays. Today is Saturday, August 10th, 2013. Praise Yahweh, and thank you for listening. Except for you trolls. I, I, I don't have any use for you Jew bastards that troll talk show forums looking, to, um, looking for soapboxes so that you can sell your treachery. This is... Part 5 of our series, Answering the Shills, I have Sword Brethren here with me once again. I have a few opening remarks. I want to repeat some of the remarks that I made in my opening statements last night, before I began my Acts chapter 12 presentation. And yes, I'd rather be doing biblical and history presentations than dealing with with this bullshit, but that's life. You know, a man has a right to defend himself. I've had emails asking me not to do this. I don't know how. I mean, I don't think those people are emailing um, Joe November and telling him to take that garbage he has down off his website. But, but they, they have the nerve to ask me not to do this, I, like I shouldn't um, defend myself from lies and false accusations. As I said in part two of this presentation, this isn't about me. It's about truth. It's about truth, and it's about what Christian identity should stand for. That's what it's about, and that's what's important, and we'd all better consider it, and we'd all better think that it's important if we ever want to see truth move forward. That, that's the way it is. I, I mean, it, it absolutely amazes me that identity Christians can sit and pontificate over crypto Jews who polluted the Catholic Church or crypto Jews who snuck in to to, to um, create things like the Bullinger and the Schofield Bibles. And you'll hear Christian identity people pontificate all those things and, and lament them for, for weeks on end. But then when a certain so-called Christian identity pastor all of a sudden spends most of his ministry trying to persuade people that bastards are okay, that Yahweh God is going to judge ba- Oh, don't worry about your little half-nigger grandkids. Don't worry about your little half-Mexican nieces and nephews. Yahweh is going to judge them according to their works. And then people in Christian identity don't want to wonder about this clown? Are you kidding me? That's absolutely incredible. You'll pontificate about Jesuits and Murano Jews and Schofield and Bollinger, and you don't want to ask, hey, why is this guy suddenly teaching this? Why is he suddenly teaching? That if little Susie sleeps with Jose, that her little bastard kids, oh, Yahweh, God, it's not their fault, they're bastards. God's going to take care of them. He's going to judge them according to their works. Well, that's exactly what Joe November... Has been doing for the last two and a half years, and you better look at it. You better inspect it, and you better imagine why he's trying to corrupt Christian identity with those lies, because that's what they are. They're lies. That's why I'm doing this. Hello, Hello. Brian.
1: Hello, and I just want to say, too, you know, he says you're being mean to him, you're bullying him. You go to his real pathetic website here. We all know the address. I'm not going to put it out on the program. And on the left, there's a column, Adversaries and Agitators. William Fink, Race Trader. Another paper, Against William Fink. Another paper, Beasts of the Field. Another paper, Crumbs. These are all papers against you and against Clifton. Another paper, Shills are Us.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm a race trader because I linked I linked to records that show his real name that he put online. I didn't put them online. He put them online. I'd have never made the links to those records if he would just admit his real name.
1: Right, but his entire ministry, if you even want to call it that, he has no ministry. He's just set himself up in opposition to Orthodox CI.
0: Well, Well, he absolutely has set himself up in opposition to Orthodox CI. Not that CI is really... Um, that regulated, but he's claiming Damon and Swift and Comperay as, as his um, spiritual fountain, and the things that he teaches are absolutely adversarial to the teachings of Damon, Swift, and Compare right. and, and, and other um, old-time Christian identity pastors.
1: Well, I think if you were attending a service with Comperay or Swift, and you brought up the idea that you think 15% Jews count as white, they would point you to the exit. And if you were a guest in Dan Gaiman's house and you told him that that was your idea of race, he'd invite you to leave.
0: If, if you asked Wesley Swift, and Joe November taught this, he taught on your program that somebody who was 10 to 15% Canaanite could be considered white. Wesley Swift would call that a tear. Bertrand Compray would call that a tear. And, and they're the people that we're supposed to be aware of and stay away from. And he's trying to pass those people off at white. He, he calls them the other white people who are now Christian. Well, the other r- white people who are now Christian, it's pretty common knowledge in the rest of Christian identity that those people are crypto-Jews. Those people are Moranos. Those people are those infiltrators, those spots in our, in our feasts of charity who have infiltrated our assemblies and corrupted them and undermined them.
1: Well, in other words, they're Joe November's grandparents, parents, and himself.
0: Well, well, evidently, that, that very well could be the question. You know, there has been a couple of people, two people, I'm not going to name any names, and, and I don't even have one of their names, that there are two people that have been emailing me insisting that Joe November is not Joe November's real name. And and the stories don't add up, and he's now denying that Joe November is his real name, and, and his house is owned in the name of Joe November, and his business, which is Eli James Publishing, you're not going to tell me that I have to call a man after the name of his business. Eli James Publishing is registered in the name of Joseph November, and his cover story is that he wants to go by Eli James to protect his family, but when you check the records, and I did, and I only checked them because he threatened a lawsuit against Clifton Emmerheiser. The email is copied on the Christiania forum. He threatened a lawsuit against Clifton Emmerheiser for for, um, saying that he's a Jew. Well, that's ridiculous to be able to sue somebody because you call him a Jew, right? Or, or to get sued because you call somebody a Jew. Well, he, let was me, him,
1: he was calling him Joe November. Clifton didn't even call Eli a Jew. He referred to him as Joe November. Well, let me Joe. hear you
0: argue in the court that you, you're going to sue somebody because they called you a Jew. Let me hear you argue that one in court before a Jew lawyer. <laughs> let, let me – yeah, what are you going to tell a Jew well, lawyer? Oh, he called me a Jew? I'm suing well, him? That, that, he,
1: he also just sold property, and on the title transfer, the public record online, it says – Joe November, and then and
0: it shows his house name named Joseph P. November, and he says, "Oh, I use Eli James to cover. you know, I don't want to. I want to protect my family. And, and 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 their last name is November, and he's the one that went and registered Eli James Publishing to Joseph P. November.
1: Right, so when you- he,
0: he he exposed his own alias. He did it himself. He put those records online. Now now he's denying that his last name's November." And he's saying, oh, it's Puts. Well, why are your daughters named November? It doesn't add up. If your real name is Puts and you're operating under November to protect the identity of your family, well, well, there's a problem if your family's named November.
1: Right. Well, if you're in the witness protection program and your real name is Smith and your cover name is Jones and your family still has your real last name, Smith, well, that's not much protection.
0: Well, well, here we have a man who's corrupting Christian identity with universalist doctrines, and I tried to countenance, it when we did that Eli James universalism program back in March, I tried to countenance him based solely on doctrine. That Eli James, the universalism of Eli James, it's available at Christagenia. It, it has almost 4,000 downloads just from Christagenia so far. That program addresses only the problems with Eli James' doctrines. Doesn't say anything about his name, doesn't say anything about his character, his personality. There were no disparaging remarks made about Eli James except in relationship to his doctrine. And how does he answer that? He answers that with 21 pages of William Fink, master of Talmudic deception, and and 21 pages of lies about me. And that's how he answered it. Rather than addressing the points of doctrine that we raised in that paper, he came out with a 21-page slander of me that had nothing at all to do with any of the issues that we raised. And the issues are how and where in Scripture does Yahweh judge bastards based on Their works. Bastards are bastards. Bastards will never enter the congregation of Yahweh. They don't stand in judgment. They go to the lake of fire because they are gathered up with all things which offend. And I just listened today. I just listened to to the 2C line series that I did with Eli James back in 2009. And anybody could go listen to parts 1 and 2 uh, anybody could go listen to all 35 parts. They're archived. They're at http://archive.christagenia.org. Slash slash it's an archive site I, I, I created to move some of my old material to. And if you listen to the second segment of the Two seed Line series that I did with Eli James, in that segment, he agreed with me about bastards. He agreed with me 100%. Now he changes his mind at the end of 2010 and the beginning of 2011. Why did he change his mind? Could it have anything to do with the fact that his daughter, Elizabeth November, Elizabeth Miranda November, at that time became engaged to an Egyptian Arab? Could that have anything to do with with Eli James's change of mind and his change of teaching on bastards that's what we have to look at we have to look when a man is teaching a heresy why he's teaching the heresy even if he's not a Jew he suddenly at the end of 2010 becomes amenable to bastards and starts defending them in his doctrines and his teachings anybody could go listen to the second part, the second segment of our 2C line series we did together back in '9. he agreed with me 100% on the fate of bastards when Christ returns in the kingdom of the future. And now he changes his mind totally, and nobody sees that. It's incredible, to me, and people still defend this clown. It's incredible to me.
1: Well, he has a chameleon-like ability to avoid taking responsibility for his statements. You know, on the program he did with me, or rather that I conducted with him, that interview in January of 2011, when he said, well, what do we say to the people who are only um, 15% Jewish, but they've otherwise led a good life, and and I I cut him off argued with him that we don't call them white. He said, well, I guess you just believe in the one-drop rule then. And later he said, I wasn't trying to say they are white. I was trying to say, how do we guard against people who are perceived as white? That's not what he was trying to say. You can tell from the interview he was trying to open the door for them.
0: Absolutely. He will not be called into account for his teachings. He constantly twists what he said so that he continues to speak out of both sides of his mouth, and he does it all the time.
1: Anybody who had any doubts, after hearing that interview I conducted with him, everybody basically should have dropped him like a hot potato.
0: Well, well absolutely. Anybody with any gumption, anybody with any backbone, what would have said, there's something wrong with this character. Fink's right, there's something wrong with it. You, you don't even have to admit that Fink's right. The hell would Fink. Just go listen to Eli, the universalism of Eli James or listen to Brian's, the, the program that he's uh, mentioning is, is in, 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 in the TalkShoe archives, and it's from January 29, 2011. You listen to that program, and, and you have to understand that this man has changed his doctrine for one reason or another. And it's right around the time that his daughter became engaged to an Egyptian sand nigger. So even if Eli James... Isn't Joseph November? Let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's say that he is a German, a Bob Harian, whatever he claims to be. Why did he change his doctrine? If you listen to the second segment of the Two Seed Line program we did, where he agreed with me hundred percent on bastards. If you listen to the Ezekiel thirty-eight program that we did together, and he agreed with me, with me, he agreed with me one hundred percent on the fate of the other races at the return of Christ. He agreed with me 100 percent and all of a sudden he's not agreeing with me and he's building a ministry to defend bastards and the other races and this is important and I'll tell you why it's important because if you teach little Susie that if she race mixes her children are gonna be destroyed by God and that's what the Bible teaches If you teach that to little Susie, little Susie's going to think about that when it comes mating time. But if you teach little Susie that her children are going to be taken care of by God, even if she has mixed-race children, you're not going to keep Pedro's dick out of her. There's no way you're going to keep Pedro's dick out of her. And when she starts to date Pedro, you have no moral foundation whatsoever to tell her that what she's doing is wrong. You've lost it. You've lost it. You're, 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 you're building your foundation. You're building the foundation of your religious belief and teachings on a foundation of shifting sand. As soon as you break that biblical precept on a race, as soon as you start to create gray areas there, it's a, it, it's, it's a slippery slope, and you're going straight down the pits to hell. That's well, what you
1: Eli's rationale was that we can't offend the genteel British Anglo-Israelite people and the conservative white people, and we need to appeal to them to build a viable political. Not
0: to hell with those people. We don't negotiate the word of God. We don't compromise the word of God.
1: Right. (laughs) I I, will
0: say something. Eli's Eli's approach has not worked whatsoever. Right. Whatsoever.
1: His rationale, he never had a major dispute in terms of doctrine with you. He had a dispute that Bill's doctrine will offend people that I want to appeal to to build a political movement.
0: Well, well that was his original rationale, yeah. While his daughter was marrying an, an Egyptian sand nigger, he, he came up with this rationale, right?
1: So he, he thinks we should weaken the message to appeal to lukewarm losers who prefer the wide road.
0: Well, well right, but that is compromise. And and the second sin in the Garden of Eden was compromise. It's compromise. We don't compromise the Word of God. We don't compromise those assurances that we have from Scripture. We don't compromise, period. There's no reason to compromise them. There's never any reason to compromise whatsoever, especially on the most important issue, which is the race issue. Compromising on a race issue is basically blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Because the children of Israel have an everlasting command that they should be a separate people. Oh, I have nothing we,
1: to say contrary to that.
0: If you want to compromise on a race issue, you're on that. You're going down that slippery slope. You're building your house on a foundation of shifting sand. God doesn't compromise. Yahweh does not compromise, especially on the race issue. And Yahweh does not judge bastards based on their works. Bastards can have no good works. Bastards don't need to stand in judgment. Bastards are violations of the law of God by their very existence. They are in the category of all things which offend. That sounds cruel. Yeah, of course it's cruel. God's law is finite. God's law is definite. It's not subjective.
1: Sounds judgmental, Bill.
0: Well, well, that's the way it is. That's not nice. um, You know, this Shills paper, this Shills R Us paper that Eli James wrote, it's lie after lie after lie. We've already exposed a lot of those lies, and and we've exposed them in a manner in which they're documented. And, And I don't, you know, I really don't want to belabor this paper. There's 21 pages left here. In my word processor, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's like, I mean, I've been through government prosecutors, and they'll throw everything in the house into the kitchen sink in order to make something stick, and that's Joe November's approach. That's his approach. He's thrown everything he could. He's twisted every single thing that he could in order to try to make me look bad is basically what he's done. And a lot of places, he, he's made himself look pretty bad, if anybody reads it carefully enough to find out.
1: He can't address the fundamental issue, though, that his name is Joe November. It's a fundamentally Jewish false surname, and all the people with that name are Polish Jews.
0: Well, well, right, you know, he's, oh, Fink's a name used by Jews. Yeah, Fink's a name used by Jews, but it's a German name, and the vast majority of people that bear the name Fink are German, and it's an old German family. It's traceable to Prussia in the 11th century, okay? And the first first Finks in, in recorded history were returning from the Crusades, conquering Prussia, and converting the Slavs to Christianity. Well, I'm not making this up. This is all readily available right online.
1: Cut, Joe, a little slack here, because November is traceable to 1850 in Warsaw and Krakow.
0: Well, well right. There, are, there might be some Jews that use the name Fink, and there are, but I have tons of documentations that it's a Christian name and it's a German name. There are no German Christians that use the name November. Not one maybe some conversal Catholics in Chicago in the mid-1900s. But no German, no German Christians use the name November. And the documentation is on the Christagenia Forum. Everything I say here, everything I've said for the last four programs is documented in sources other than Christagenia. You can go to the Christagenia Forum, you could look at answering the shills, you could look at... Um, the, the thread there uh, on, on Joe November's name, and th- there's 20 links there to documents off of Christagenia.org that are on public records websites, and, and those public records websites back up every single thing that I say here. And, and I've said for the last four weeks. So, so these clowns that um, think that that these clowns that think that I'm um, slandering Eli James have basically only bought Eli James's propaganda.
1: That's they believe sort of this propaganda. And they
0: haven't taken upon they have not taken it upon themselves to go examine the evidence. So so you may as well believe that bastards can be saved, a- and you may as well believe that niggers will see the kingdom of heaven. You may as well. I, I mean. That, that's what Eli James teaches. You may as well believe that too. Because you're, 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 you are basically simply a fool. I beg people to check out the things that I say. I beg people to go to the Bible and the concordances and, and, and follow behind me. I don't want followers. I, I want peers. I want men that are willing to follow behind my work and examine it and see and test it for themselves. I don't want people to simply believe me because I ran my mouth. Joe November he wants to prove to you by reading documents online that he's not Joe November. That's a joke. How could how could you see and evaluate a document on a damned radio program? Now if he if he scanned these documents in high resolution scans and posted them on his website. You know, I had some fool, and this is a total fool. I had some fool pop into the Christagenia chat server today, this morning. I wasn't here. I I was off doing something. I I was off on some tour. And and he put in the query into the chat, and he left. And the query was, Bill, have you seen the data from the website 23andMe concerning Eli James, and he left, right? He wanted me to get that message, and I got it. Well, you know what? There is no data concerning Eli James from the website 23andMe. I'll tell you why there's no data. For months, Joe November swore that he would post the data that he got from 23andMe on his website. And what does he do? He types out a paragraph and puts that on his website. That's not the data. I'm sorry, that's not the data. And if you buy that, you're a damned idiot. You're an idiot if you buy that. Now, if he scanned high-resolution documents and posted them on his website, well, then he could claim that's the data. That he could claim is the data. The original documents, the original report, that's the data. But, you know, it's not the data. If I, if I sit here and tell you what I say my birth certificate reads, that ain't proven a damn thing. He sends out an email claiming his name is Puts, and there were two links in the email. The first link was to a, a website that has family crests. The second link was to a town in in Baden that he says is in Bavaria, and it's in Baden, and you found that out, Brian. And 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 so what on Google Maps?
1: Well, yeah, let me let me read that real quick. Can I read from his email?
0: Sure, go ahead.
1: He says, "However, none of this applies to me, as November is not my real name either. It looks as though Fink and Emma Heiser jumped the gun. They should have dug deeper into my past before issuing this obvious hit piece. My real surname is Putz. Here's the family crest: www.houseofnames.com/putz." What
0: does that prove? Anybody could pull a name out of thin air and go find the family request and put a, the family crest and put a link to it and right. say that to me.
1: What does that I was born. A-
0: I'm sorry, go on.
1: He also writes, I was born in in Germany, and I am 100% German, descended from 2,700 years of Visigoth farmers known as the Danube Swabians.
0: And and the damn truth is that the word Danube Swabian is a rather recent term, and the Visigoths, what were never called Visigoths before about the 2nd or 3rd centuries A.D.
1: Right, they weren't even the Visigoths weren't even present along the Danube until the 2nd or 3rd century when they were coming in from the Russian steppes. Weren't they um, fleeing from the the pressure from the Huns and the Turkic tribes?
0: They were. The Visigoths were fleeing from the pressure of the Huns, and and they crossed into, I think it was Dacia, and I think it was the end of the 3rd century A.D., and they asked the Romans for permission to cross into Roman territory.
1: Right, I think it was around 370 A.D., and Eventually, it resulted in a war in that 378 AD at Adrianople. The Eastern Emperor Valens died, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Okay, well, I thought it was a little earlier. I could be wrong too. It's not really my period. Uh, I, most of my reading is a little earlier than that, but that's okay. It, it's um, there, there were no Visigoths on the Danube 2,700 years ago. Period. Right.
1: In fact, 2,700 years ago, this would put us. Back into the days when Sparta and Athens were still powers. And
0: well, well, 2,700 years ago, if you believe Christian identity teachings, the Visigoths were still Israelites being uh, awaiting deportation by the Assyrians.
1: Right. The term Visigoth didn't even exist 2,700 years ago. Right. And how would uh, any one of us be able to trace our lineage back 2,700 years? That would be difficult for a count or a duke, wouldn't it? Even with well, the, well, you know, my family's
0: German, and, and my family's 100% German, and, and my father's family, anyway, the Finks. And, and I have documentation that my uncle and two cousins researched. And, and until recently, recently, about two weeks, three weeks ago, I, I closed off all the pictures on WilliamFink.net because I want to reorganize the website. It may not happen till this winter. It's just I'm limited for time. And WilliamFink.net, I got 20 websites. That one gets the least amount of attention, believe me. And um, I want to reorganize the, my family photo albums, and, and they're kind of sloppy, I thought, and, and they need attention. And, and um, there's some things in there I want to remove and some other things that were never made it there that I want to add. well Well, anyway, that's all besides the point. Yeah, you know, I I I have documentation for my own German family back to a marriage that happened in 1704 or 05, I believe. And um basically you can't get much further back than that unless you're pretty fortunate because of the 30 years war. That that was it. That was the old that was the furthest back they could go. They could find no records over that older than that. Because the Thirty Years' War had decimated so many German towns and villages, especially in the Rhineland, where my ancestors are from, and, and and they can't go further back than that. They're just, the records don't exist.
1: Right, but Joe November's going back 2,700 years to um, before Rome was even a republic.
0: And, and that's absolutely absurd. Well, yeah, that's absolutely absurd.
1: He throws up a, a link to Google Earth, a map of Osterberg, and which he says is just south of Wurzburg, and it's in Baden-Württemberg. So I sent him an email asking, on past occasions you have explicitly stated that you were of Bavarian ancestry. Now you claim to be directly from Baden-Württemberg. Osterbergen is in Baden-Württemberg, not Bavaria. Which is it then, Bavaria or Baden-Württemberg? And that was four or five days ago. I have not received a response, and I do not suppose one is forthcoming.
0: Well, well, right. I'm sure he'll have an excuse by the time he does his program that, that, that proves on the air that he has these documents, right? And, and that nothing. None of this proves anything. His, his, the, the truth of the matter is that this man was Joseph November when his daughter was born in 1981. And in 1981, he named his daughter Elizabeth Miranda November. And that's her name, and and that's his oldest daughter, his one first of two children, two women, two daughters. The other one was born about seven years later, and, and um, that's recorded, and 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 we have records of that linked on Christagenia. We we can re, we link that right to her own wedding page at ourwedding.com. dot com. So so and and I did that for one reason. I did that. I did that for only one reason. I did that. Because Joe November told Don Brown that Clifton Amaheiser was, was opening himself up to a lawsuit. That's why I did that. If he'd just keep his mouth shut with his lies and his threats, his Egyptian daughter, had, I'm sorry, his daughter being a race mixer and married to an Egyptian husband wouldn't be linked to Christoghene right now. It wouldn't be there. I would have never done the research. And there are pictures right there on that page, and I just put the link in the talk show chat. The of people know where to find it. I just put the link in the talk show chat, and there are pictures right there on that page. Eli James's daughter, Elizabeth in November, and there's a link to her wedding site right there on that page, and you can see her sand nigger husband right there on that page, and her name's November, and she says that her father's name is Joseph P. November, and and they're connected in many ways in documents linked on that website. This is irrefutable evidence that in 1981 his name was November. Now like I said, we have an obligation, we have a responsibility to know who our teachers are. The Apostle John told us to examine every spirit to know whether or not it's from Yahweh. Now, you know, I put a lot of trust in E.Y. James, and I enjoyed working with him for two years. I did. It's no lie. But when he started to go left on the race issue, I had to keep a straight course. When he made a left-hand turn on the race issue and he pushed that to the foreground, I had to maintain a straight course. And that's the reason for our division. Now, there were other things that caused it, like academic dishonesty and things like that, that I've outlined time and again right here on this last these last four segments of Answering the Shills. But the bottom line is that when Joe November went left on the race issue, when he started saying that people that were 15% Canaanite could be – could be white and could be Christians. When he started saying, and all of this is documented from his own mouth in that program that we did on March 16th, the universalism of Eli James. When he started saying those things and things like that, I knew what was coming. He went left. I stayed the straight course. And he's been attempting to slander me ever since. With ADO labels like exterminationist. He's an exterminate. No, I'm not. I'm not an exterminationist. I teach the Bible. I teach what the scripture says, and I'll never back down from it. And I don't care how many people listen to me. But I'll tell you what, Yahweh's blessed my ministry, and a hundred times more people download my programs than Joe November's.
1: Well, I've noticed a lot of people have been quick to judge us. We're beating up on Eli. We're not being fair. Oh, I called Eli on the phone, and he said he doesn't believe that. He clarified remarks. You can't get down. A, you know, I don't believe you should be given the leeway or the latitude to get on a program, proclaim that 15% Canaanite counts as white. You proclaim that on a program that's archived and preserved for all time. There are 50 people listening in. Two or three hundred download it in the first couple of days and then one person wants you to clarify so you think that you can just change the record with a private phone call that the world isn't privy to. What you're the, saying you say know, in a program the, is what... The, what, the what remarks you,
0: he made about bastards being judged by their works, the remarks he made about Canaanites being able to be saved, the remarks he made about um, people 15 or, 10 to 15% Canaanite being white and arguing with you over what white was, well, when they're certainly not white, those remarks were not off-the-cuff um, misspeaks. They weren't. Those remarks were all calculated remarks. Go and, and, and if people go listen to that program where we played five of his tapes, they were all calculated remarks. When he told Jose on Republic Radio, the Mexican, that he could be a Christian, when he told Jose that God wants all the races to work together and and that we get that from Scripture, that was a calculated remark. That wasn't any off-the-cuff slip-up. I've made slip-ups and corrected myself immediately. We've all made slip-ups, but those were calculated remarks. Now, if I do a Friday night Bible presentation, I type all my notes out so that I can post them online. I don't have to type them all out. I could just make a list of bullet points and never post my, my my remarks online. But when I do my Friday night Bible presentations, my Bible commentaries, all my notes are posted freely online as soon as the program's posted on Christogenia.org. And I do it that way on purpose because I'm serious about my Bible teaching. I'm not going to make off-the-cuff remarks. Now I'm a man, I could make a mistake. But everything in my Bible commentaries that I post online at Christogenia. everything there is calculated. There are things that I mean to say, and if I screw up, it's on me. I screw up, I have to admit it. I can't say, oh, that was a misspeak. All these remarks that he's made, he may not go to the extent that I do to type out his notes, but they were all calculated remarks. He meant to say every one of them. He meant to say That He made a whole exposition uh, on the book of Jonah so that he could try to prove, and, and he's wrong about it, but he could try to prove that Yahweh will judge bastards based on their works. That was calculated. He spent ten minutes with you arguing over what white was. That was calculated. That's not a misspeak.
1: Well, if you misspeak, as soon as someone corrects you, I mean, for instance, if you were to say, Alaric sacked Rome in 408 AD, and I say, no, Bill, it was 410, you say, oh, okay, I I, I was wrong, but if you want to argue with me for 20 minutes and try and shove it down my throat, no, it's 408, when I have a book right in front of me that says it's 410, I'm going to get upset. We're we're, we're going to have a problem, and it's clear that you're not willing to accept the correction. So when when he says 15% Jewish can still, you know... They get judged on their works. What do we tell them? And I say, well, we don't call them white. And he says, well, what do you want to say? Are you a one-dropper? Well, at at that point, he he doesn't accept the correction, and we clearly have a, a major issue.
0: Right, and that's why my split with Eli James has been so divisive. And I wouldn't be doing this program tonight if he would stop running his mouth about me. He's constantly running his mouth about me. He can't stop. I don't think he has a ministry unless he runs his mouth about me. His website, and I got the proof on christagenia.org. Oh, I took the screenshots before we started this program. Before we started this series, Answering the Shills, Eli's website was ranked 8.8 million in the world on Alexa. Today it's just over 2 million. You think that has anything to do with me talking about him? Because he was 8.8 million all year. So so I, I don't... Krista is in the top 200,000 websites in the world. I don't need to talk about Eli James. Krista has been in the top 300,000 websites in the world for three years now. I don't need to talk about Eli James. Krista has been consistently visited, listened to, read. I don't need to talk about this clown. Not at one yeah. drop.
1: You know, he says you were riding his coattails and using him to gain an audience. I think it's the other way around.
0: I'm sure it's the other way around because when I started doing talk show programs with Eli James in December 2008, we only had five, six, seven listeners. That was it. It was like that for months, and it built up over six months, maybe 12 months. It built that, up. Because I, I, the, the,
1: um, pr- the programs I was doing with Pastor Dan and a few that I did alone in 2007 when I was first getting into programs and some of the people I brought on, you know, I'm um, former Rhodesians, South Africans, Paul Fromm, people that give updates on the, the border situation. I would get, you know, 30, 40 listeners and a couple hundred downloads.
0: Well, well right. But Christoginia, I, I mean, not all my programs get thousands of downloads, but 80,000 podcast downloads a month at Christoginia.org. I'm not lying. The numbers are public. You can go through my podcast. All the download counts, they're all public. Add them up.
1: I would speculate... Joe November is probably getting less than 1,000 downloads a month.
0: Right. Now, now, I don't want to claim to be popular. I just believe that I'm effective, and, and right. I don't compromise on a race issue. I have never compromised on a race issue. Joe November, in, in one line in the Shills paper, in, in one line he says that he never compromises on the law of, of, of racial segregation, and then in the next line he's defended himself because I criticized him for working with this dirtbag mamzer, Daryl Bradford
1: Smith. Right,
0: and he's himself.
1: Well, Eli and, says... Stenkeheiser would have
0: you believe he's an Edomite, merely because he is part American Indian. No, I wouldn't have you believe he's an Edomite. That's a lie. But he wrote it Eli James wrote it. I wouldn't have you believe he's an Edomite. I'd have you believe he's a bastard. He's not a son. And if you want to practice absolute racial segregation that Yahweh commands us to practice, you don't voluntarily work with bastards. Now, I understand that there's a lot of people that work for major corporations and they have to feed their wife and kids or work where where they have to work with... with, with people of other races, and I don't blame them for that, but don't fraternize, don't fraternize with those people with other races, don't bring them home to dinner, don't go out and drink with them, don't do that, I would never, I would never want you to do any of that, But if you've got to work next to one for eight hours or whatever here and there, that's part of life. We're all caught up in the system. But Eli James is supposed to be a Christian identity pastor and set the example. And here he is in this paper making excuses because he went on a program and tried to preach the gospel to niggers. He didn't try to convert them. I never said he tried to convert them. He accused me of that. I never said that. But he preached it to them.
1: Well, he was casting and his pearls it. before swine.
0: And here he is defending his going on a program with this anti-racist, admitted anti-homophobic Daryl Bradford Smith, who's a damn mamzer. He's a Mamser, and everything he stands for is contrary to Christian identity. Why would you go on his program? Well,
1: you know, what? Bill, Eli claims he's for absolute racial segregation, but then he's okay with redefining what constitutes white. So he he says that, you know, we'll are all be separate, but at the same time, someone who's 15% Jewish counts as white. So... They can swim in the white-only pool. They can marry the the people from the white neighborhood. They can live in the white neighborhood because they're white enough.
0: Yeah, right. Well, well, that white enough is a slippery slope, and it, wide is the path to destruction, straight is the gate to righteousness. That's the way it is. Right. But now, right. I've gone on programs with people that I've regretted going on programs with, but I've admitted it. I've been Charlie Giuliani. I went on his program. He looked white to me. He's Italian. He looked white. And, and and he's an anti zionist and, and he talks, he says, you know, anti-Semitic things, he makes anti-Semitic statements, and I thought he was awake at least halfway on a racial racial issue, so I went on his program, the guy turned out to be a dirtbag, I probably shouldn't have gone on his program, and I admit that. It's still posted at Christagenia, but I admit, if I had to do it again, I wouldn't give the dirtbag the time of day, but... I admit that is a mistake. I have no problem with that. And that's the, that, that's the way it is. But it, it, Eli James went on these programs, and he's still defending his presence on these programs to this very day. Why? I would never, I would never go on a program with somebody of another race. I did a program a few years ago. I did a program with Susie Suby. Now, she's a nice woman, and, and she's kind of um, – sort of racially aware, and, and she does some things I don't like. But I went on this program with her, and, and it, the program has 23,000-plus downloads on Christogenia because I thought it was a very good program to introduce people to Christian identity with, and, and it has been pretty effective, and it's gotten a lot of downloads. Well, well um, she invited me back to her program about two months after that. It may have been a month after that. And I told her, okay, Susie, I'll do another program with you. And the day before the program, she told me, I'm going to have two young men on that I want to talk to you, that, that I want to talk to you. And I said, oh, yeah, okay, I'll do that. And she said, one of them's black. And I said, what? And she said, one of them's black. And I said, well, Susie, I'm glad you told me now, because if I detected a nigger on the program, I would hang up immediately. I'm never going to do a a program with a nigger, and she got offended, and I said, Susie, to me, Negroes do not have credibility as people, and I'm not going to give it to them. I'm not going to go into their homes or do a program with them or fraternize with them and give them credibility as people. To me, they're animals. She didn't understand that. We never did another program together.
1: Right, and furthermore... Some of these programs, when we're sitting here discussing, you know, the Revelation or the, the Letters of Paul, they take on the form of a church service, and I consider the, the Bible programs or the origins of scriptural sources and manuscripts, I consider them religious services.
0: Well, well you, you know, where two or three of you are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of you, well, well he can't be there with the nigger.
1: Right, that's why I, we're, we're, not, we're not going to invite the black Hebrew Israelites into our congregation or our assembly. I'm not interested in breaking bread with them.
0: The, the, the commands for Israel to be a separate people, none of us can, can live them perfectly in today's society. However, I'm not going to voluntarily put myself in a position where I have to give a Negro or an Asian or a Mestizo any credibility whatsoever because to me, they're not even people. And if Eli James doesn't understand that, he has a problem. We should have never, he, Eli James tells us, that the, according to his teaching, that these were the beast creation of Yahweh. Well, even if you believe that, why the hell are you trying to make them men in this day and age? Why the hell are you doing that? If they're beasts, are they men or are they beasts? Do we stay separate, or right. do we accept them because they're beasts? You know, it's it's, that he's, like he's, man. He, His his entire theology is so damned confused. It's ridiculous.
1: Well, remember when he also said that he's an absolute racial segregationist? But then he told Jose that we're only we we have to worship separately, but we can live together and work together and worship God in our own ways. But we right. have to do it physically. Why wants all the
0: races to work together? And that we should get that from scripture.
1: Hey, that's that's page, Jose. That's on page one eleven of the Great Impersonation.
0: Well, well, if I'd ever read the Great Impersonation, I'd have never, I, I'd have never done a program with him. I, if I'd have read page one eleven of the Great Impersonation, I'd have never given Eli James the time of day because he made the statement that Jesus preached. Love, mercy, and law, and, and all that for all people. Because right. he made that statement, I'd have never worked with him if I'd have seen that. And when,
1: when I met him, you know, when I also met you in Binghamton, it, when he came by my house and we were off to Pennsylvania and then off to Binghamton, if he said, oh, here's a copy of my book, you know, it's yours, You know, just make a $10 donation or it's my gift to you, I sit here and start reading through the book, get to page 111, well, Eli, I'm not working with you anymore. We're not doing any programs if, if, if these are your ideas and you stand by these ideas.
0: Well, well, it's a universalist idea.
1: But he never gave me a copy of his book, so I never read, I never read any of the great impersonations.
0: Well, well this, isn't about, this isn't about any... Even though he's made slander after slander after slander against me, even though he constantly misrepresents my writing, and, and I have definite proof that he misrepresents my writing, even though he constantly re- misrepresents Clifton's writing, and I've proven beyond doubt to anybody that compares his Beast of the Field paper with with articles and teaching letters that Clifton Emeheiser wrote two and three years before that, that he's misrepresented Clifton's teachings, and he's done it purposely. I know he's done it purposely because he asked me to critique the Beast of the Field paper, and I told him what he was doing, and that's what precipitated our split. He was misrepresenting Clifton Emeheiser's teachings on Genesis, and and his academic dishonesty, what was just too much. That's why Clifton and I did that program in January of um, 2011 that caused our split, that that was the final nail in the coffin of my relationship with Joe November, or or Eli James, which I believed he was Eli James at that time, because he told me Joe November was his alias, And, and now he's trying to be somebody else, but that now he's, trying, he's using this Joseph Put story as a golden parachute to escape the Jew label when his name has to be November. His name has to be November because his daughters are named November. His name has to be November. And November is not a Christian name under any circumstances. It's a Jewish name, and, and we, have, we have documentation for that linked to Christagenia from a Jewess who explains the name November. So take it or leave it, if you want to believe his name's Putz, if I were to believe his name's Putz, he would have to present me with the actual court orders that allowed him to change his name prior to nineteen eighty
1: one. Right. So the name changed from Joseph November to or Joseph Putz to Joseph November.
0: Right. Because Joseph November is his legal name.
1: The right. man that owns his daughter is
0: named Joseph P. November. The man that sired his daughters is named Joseph P. P. November, the man who sells and and does his real estate transactions is named Joseph P. November, and the man that owns Eli James Publishing is named Joseph P. November. Right. All those are publicly available internet records.
1: So if you want to sell your vehicle to me and we go down to the title bureau, the transfer title, and you put my name on there as the recipient, and you want to sign off using the name Joe Smith, that's not going to fly because that's not your legal name.
0: Absolutely not.
1: You, you can't transfer title of property. So he's transferred title of property under the name Joe November. That's his name. That's his legal name.
0: I wouldn't even be arguing about his name. His daughter and her Egyptian husband wouldn't be posted on here if he didn't keep denying it. And if he, if he had addressed our Universalism of Eli James podcast solely on the biblical issues, without attacking me personally, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here at all. We'd be doing something more constructive.
1: Right, but all he has is, you know, Jewry 101. Clifton's a senile, demented old man. You're a, an upset, nasty, mean bully and a killer trying to justify murdering that poor, helpless inmate. You lied about your record. Eli never knew you had a record. Eli associates, though, um, from his own mouth, that gentleman in Pennsylvania, Robert Martin, who went to prison... Eli told me he had a felony drug rap, you know, when when Eli first told me that the man was doing eight to nine years in prison on gun charges, I said, well, what what was the problem? Eli said, oh, he was a felon, he couldn't own a gun. And I said, well, he was a felon, what was the felony? I had no idea. And Eli said, oh, he had a felony drug record for selling drugs. So from Eli's own mouth, he willingly associates with people who are drug-dealing felons, and interestingly enough, pretty much everyone he associates with winds up in prison at some point in time, just something for the audience to consider, that everywhere he goes people get arrested, and yet he's saying that you concealed your record when he was begging Clifton to forward letters to you when you were in prison, and Clifton told him you were in prison.
0: Right, and I never concealed my record. My version of the events of what happened that landed me in prison is
1: always
0: going to be different from the New York Times version. That's just life. That's the way it is. Right. And I was, never, I was never convicted, and I can prove this. I can't prove it right now because the papers are in New York, but I can prove this once I get my, the rest of my materials moved to Virginia. I can prove that I was never convicted of anything in a lawful court that's in that New York Times article. I was never convicted of that. I was convicted of, second, uh, of involuntary manslaughter. That's what I was convicted of. But right, the so, judge, that, that evidence is from a trial of a co defendant that I did not participate in and at all. I didn't testify in it, I didn't participate in it at all. And the judge had increased my penalty to second degree murder under something, uh, uh, under a legal device that they called relevant conduct. And relevant conduct that they were able to do that under a legal device called relevant conduct. They were able to do that until 2005 when somebody appealed, and, and the person that appealed had a drug case, and he won. I appealed on the same grounds for several years, and the Supreme Court would never hear my case. And, and I have the cases that they're just not in my head. It, it's... um. The Booker decision. That's it. Booker, United States versus Booker. Read that case, United States versus Booker, and you'll see that relevant conduct was overturned in 2005. Now, I appealed on the same grounds for for, um, five years and got nowhere because my case was was, um, politically um, disadvantageous for them to try. Into here because of my, my civil rights, the civil rights thing, and my being white, the victim being a, a, a squat monster. It, it's not, I don't have a, a chance in hell. So I, I, that, I've never agreed, I've never withheld that I was in prison for second degree murder related to my career as a law enforcement officer. I've never withheld that from anybody. But I'll never agree to that bullshit in the New York Times. I'll never agree to that. That's a lie. I know where it comes from, and and that's why I beat my state case, because that is a lie. But you can't win in federal court on a civil rights case, and I talked about that with Carolyn Yeager two Mondays ago, that why you can't win a civil rights case in federal court. You can't win one. That's the way it is. So I've, I've never concealed what I was in prison for. Eli James or Joe November is just a damn liar. He's a liar over and over and over again. All he does is lie. He runs his mouth. He's lying. There's a hundred lies in this Schiltz paper. I'm not lying. I could go through every one of them. In fact, this Schill's paper, it it might take me till the end of September. We haven't scratched half of it. I'm going to answer the whole thing in the Christogenia Forum. In its entirety, it will be answered in the Christogenia Forum. And people can read it and, and, and find out for themselves. But I've already proven in the last four episodes that he's lied dozens of times about me. Purposely. He does it purposely.
1: Well, the straw man is basically his go-to tool. He is the king of straw man. That's his main argument technique. That's his main tactic. He can't debate anything you were Clifton and raised. He can't refute any of the evidence we put out there that his name is Joe November... So he invents fake arguments, and then he attaches them to you and Clifton. He says, "Oh, when Clifton and Bill say that every every tree the heavenly Father did not plant will be thrown into the fire." Well, first of all, Cl- Clifton and um, Bill didn't say that. Yahweh God said that.
0: Right. He, 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 that when
1: He was walking the earth in the flesh. So he, Eli goes on though, when Clifton and Bill say that every tree that does not um every tree the heavenly Father did not plant will be thrown into the fire. They're saying, no, we won't kill the non-whites, God will. And then he says that Clifton and Bill are making a um, heavily implied, thinly veiled call for lynchings, pogroms and massacres, murder and mayhem. And that they're basically doing an an end run around the law, and they're trying to incite people to violence against non-whites. So basically that's an ADL tactic
0: that he's using against us. Right. He's using an ADL tactic to argue against Clifton and I on the fate of the other races. You know, anybody could go listen to the Ezekiel 38 program I did with Eli James. It's at archive.christiania.org, and you will hear Eli James agree with me time and again on the time of the ends, on the nature and the fate of the other races on the judgment day of God, because vengeance belongs to God. And I've always taught that. I've never taught that we as whites should perform any acts of violence against anybody, except in self-defense. I've never taught that. Joe November lies again and again and again. Why is he lying? Why is he lying? He lies all the time. Why is he lying? Why is he lying all the time about things Clifton and I teach? Why doesn't he address the actual scriptures that we use, which support our teachings? Why doesn't he address them? He hasn't addressed them yet. He, he, in this Shills paper, he tried to say that Clifton and I equate um, the, the other races to Edomites and Canaanites. And, and I'm going to put the Ezekiel 38 link in the talk show chat. That, that program's already got 6,646 downloads. I, I don't know why people don't uh, – everybody in the talk show chat must have heard it already, I, I would think, or, or at least most of them. I don't know why they don't remember it. Well, well, anyway, the, the, um, the scriptures which we use to support our position, I elucidated here last week on this program on shows Part 4. Why doesn't he address those scriptures? Why does he create a straw man argument about Canaanites and, and Edomites? Because Clifton and I don't use that, the, those, that, that Deuteronomy chapter 20 to support our teachings on the day of vengeance and and the fate of the other races when the kingdom of heaven is established. We don't use that because he can't address our teachings.
1: Well, you know, he takes the words of the, um, the Canaanite woman, he takes the words of the Assyrian king, and he ascribes those to God and he makes doctrine out of those, and then he takes the words of Jesus and he ascribes them to you and Clifton. Now, when Clifton and Bill, they like to say, every tree the Heavenly Father did not plant will be thrown in the fire. Well, th- th- that's not the, um, you know, the word of Clifton. That's the word of God. Absolutely. So he's promoting the words of the Canaanite woman. He's demoting the words of God.
0: Absolutely, because, because and, and he's not a Jew himself. And I'm still going to leave the door open for the possibility, very, very thin possibility that he's not a Jew. Okay? Because his name is November, unless he could prove that he changed it to November. And then that would beg another question. We're always begging the question, right? Why would a man with a good German name change his name to November? I'd rather jump off a roof than change my name to November. Even from Fink. Anyway...
1: Right, even if your name were Putz, and, and every Yid in New York City is going to laugh and make fun of you. I, I'd rather they laugh and make fun of me. I'm not changing my name to November.
0: Right, I'm not changing my name at all. My name is my heritage. My name represents the, the, the ancestors that, that fought hard for me to be here.
1: Right, but a, a lot of my um, ancestors anglicized their German names. You know, there was a lot of anti-German hysteria in this country. So they changed it into a more pronounceable English-sounding word, but it still looks virtually identical to the German word. And you can see that – I've told you the names. You know the names.
0: Well, well, right. A lot of people anglicize their names when they come over here, but they were st- names right. you know, the names are still recognizable. Right. Uh, the names are still recognizable. I mean, for the most part. And, and Fink is spelled several different ways. Some Germans spell it F-I-N-K, some F-I-N-C-K. If you go to England, it's F-I-N-C-H. Sometimes it's F-I-N-K-E. Sometimes it's F-I-N-C-K-E. But, but it's still the same name. It's still the same German name. The, the, um, I, I would never – my name is my heritage. I would never change it.
1: Right. Under, you don't get off the boat, and your name is Franz Krupp, and now you're in America, so you change it to Franz October.
0: Yeah, right. If I change my name, to me, it's like spitting in the face. Uh, of, of how many generations of my German ancestors. I'm not going to do that. And, and he supposedly changed his name to November and then named his daughter's November? That's not something that good German people do. I'm sorry, it just ain't. Uh, I don't understand it. Pick a Jew- Let's pick a Jewish name. I want to hide, so I'm going to pick a Jewish name and and name myself something that no German has whatsoever. But I'm proud of my German heritage, and I teach identity. Get the hell out of here. That's friggin' crazy. That is nuts. Can't you see the disconnect?
1: Well, his followers don't want to see it because he's flattering them. They don't want to admit that they've been deceived by a a con man, a huckster for four, four or five, you know, going on maybe six years for some of them. And, like I said, flattery. He's stroking their egos. You know, he has this knowledge. He has this insight. He's a prophet guru. He's going to enlighten them. And even if you ignore all of the strong indicators that he is Joe November, the Jew, there's still the issue that he's a lying false prophet. He pinned his entire reputation on 2012. He has all of this New Age baggage He's associated with half-breeds, dopers, Marxist-Leninists. There's Arlene Johnson, Clay Douglas. The list just goes on, and it just gets better from there.
0: Well, well, this is why two years ago I challenged certain Aryan Nations pastors, so-called pastors, and I caught hell for it, and I don't care because I'll see those guys to their faces someday. I will, and see how much hell they give me then. You know, I caught hell for it, and I don't care. I challenged them because... If they don't, that they deal with this clown, this Joe November, they deal with this guy. He's teaching universalism on his program every week, but when he talks to them, he, he talks the talk, right? He talks the talk so they believe him. Well, I challenge them to go listen to him. Go listen to what he's teaching and see if that's what you agree with. And if you don't agree with that, You've got to check this guy because you're the one that's doing all these appearances with him and, and, and these get-togethers with him. You're the one doing that. You are enabling him.
1: Right. He's a chameleon, though. You know, he'll say one thing to Group A. He'll say another thing to Group B. And then he'll say another thing on the phone to one of the people from Group B trying to clarify you know, if they have any concerns. It,
0: it, right, exactly. And, and that's exactly what he does. But that's why they have to take the time to go listen to him, and most of them refused to do that. They just wouldn't do it. They didn't want to hear it, that they were more interested in, in not having their little fiefdoms and their little worlds upset. How are they not worse than Baptists? How are they not bigger hypocrites than Catholics? How have they not become everything that identity Christians are supposed to despise? Go listen to the man. Go listen to that Eli, universalism of Eli. Don't take Eli's word for it that it's bullshit. Go listen to it. Listen to Eli James' teachings from Eli's mouth himself. Listen to him tell Jose he could be a Christian. Listen to him tell Jose that all the races have to work together. Listen to him tell sword brethren that people could be 85% white and, and be white. That's crazy. That's crazy. That, that's, Richard Butler would kick your asses if you accepted that clown. Richard Butler would be ashamed of you turkeys if you if you accepted that clown. And,
1: and you're you know, accepting him. And you're not
0: accepting him, you're enabling him because you're putting your stamp of approval on his bullshit by accepting his person and his name after he teaches that stuff.
1: And at the time, in 2011, Eli was claiming to have been an identity 35-plus years, longer than I'd been alive. I was barely 24, 25 at the time. And I have to correct him that 15% Canaanites don't count as white, and he has to argue against me and call me a one-dropper. Well, I guess you're just a one-dropper then, aren't you? We
0: have to be one-droppers, because one drop of polluted blood, and you're no longer kind after kind. Well, it's if, not an. Sir, you're not kind after kind. You're a violation of the Word of God. And we can't accept
1: you. He tries to put it on me, though, that I'm a one-dropper. It's not that I'm a one-dropper. It's that God is the one-dropper, and I'm following the law.
0: God is the one-dropper, because a bastard shall never enter the congregation of Yahweh. Period.
1: That's the law. November can't deal with that, though.
0: No, no, he can't, because evidently there's something back there in his genealogy that... Puts him in that 10 to 15 percent range. The proof is in his name.
1: And maybe it's even higher than that. He's just getting the door open. He figures if he can get the door open for 15 percenters, pretty soon we'll have half breeds.
0: Why not? I mean, you know, Clifton Emmeheiser saw the handwriting on a wall when I split with Eli. Clifton Emmeheiser said in a couple of months he'd be baptizing niggers. Now, now, it's not quite that accelerated, but with his conversation with Jose on Republic Radio a couple of months ago, he may as well be baptizing niggers. He may as well be. I don't want people to believe me. I just want people to go listen to those programs. They're linked to Christagenia. They're linked in the forum. They're in the, in, in the Christian Identity Directions section of the Christagenia Forum under Answering the Shills. Go listen to the words from Eli James' mouth himself and right. judge him by the things that he says.
1: If they're, only willing to, if they're only willing or able to listen to one program, they need to listen to the one we did back in March where we had clips from his own shows. And if they're willing to listen to two, I would humbly suggest the second one be the interview I conducted with him in January of 2011.
0: Right. Absolutely. And, and if they're not willing to listen to two or to one, then they have no damn business running their mouths about anything in Christian identity. They have no damn business calling themselves teachers or pastors, period.
1: Right. If they'll spend three hours reading his crumbs paper or they'll spend four hours listening to his 2012 marathon or however long he was rambling for, but they won't spend an hour and a half to listen to a program where something as important and foundational as his universalism is being exposed for the world to see, well, then they're a crud. They're a clown.
0: Absolutely. There should be no doubt. Well, this is going to be the last segment of the series for now because I'm not, you know, if he continues with his slanders and, and if he continues with his his um, personal attacks against me, I may just decide to have a part six of Answering the Shills or a part seven. But the entire paper that he has on his website, um, Shills Are Us, I will answer it. I will answer the balance of it over the course of the next month, on the Christagenia Forum, I have the next four or five pages answered already, and, and hopefully I'll post them this week. Monday morning, I'm leaving for um, Panama City. I've got to spend most of tomorrow packing. So, we, we need to get out of here for, for, a, for, a, for a week, and go relax, and, and I'll probably be writing an editorial, and, and, and planning my next programs when I'm down there, so it's not really a vacation, right?
1: Right, and you know, he threatens to sue Clifton. Well if he keeps all this nonsense up and keeps insisting he's not Joe November, I'll write up the complaint myself and you can sue him for using Christogenos without you know proper authorization. Well,
0: I would never file a lawsuit. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, I appreciate you, but I'll never file a lawsuit against anybody. I don't I don't do lawsuits, right? It's yeah, just
1: he wants to sue Clifton for calling him Joe November. Well what's Clifton supposed to call him? The first time he wrote to him it was under the name Joe November.
0: Absolutely. So, so his, his denial that his name is November is ridiculous. And, and the bottom line is that um, it, it's ridiculous it, it's ridiculous in the face of all of the documentation that we've offered. It's ridiculous. The documentation is there. The links are on Christogenia because he keeps denying what his name is. The documentation is there. All of the documents are off of Christogenia. None of them are on I I have screenshots, but they're on the Chicago Tribune. That they're on the Shelby, the, the Shelby County News. That they're, that they're on OurWedding.com. I don't own the, I, I don't own any of those websites. That that they're on Manta.com. All the documentation is there. His last name is November. November is his daughter's name. November owns his house. November is married to his wife. November is the the um, principal of his business. His name is November.
1: Well, there that, are some people that have wondered how can he be a Jew? Why would a Jew spend 35 years in identity, and why would a Jew do so much work advancing this message?
0: Well, well, let's talk about the 35 years in identity, right?
1: right. Because
0: he is Pastor Eli James, then some identity church should have ordained him as pastor when he was Eli James. But he was writing to Clifton and to Don Elmore, and and the documentation is on Christagenia as Joseph November in 2004.
1: Right, so he's been around for, let's say, 35 years, who did he associate with in 1978? Who brought him into this? I I vaguely recall, I I don't know what program it was, but I may start listening to programs. He mentioned that he was with the Swift congregation out in Southern California, if I'm not mistaken. I I, I recall that.
0: Because uh, Wesley Swift died in 1970.
1: Right, so that doesn't work. Not at all. Did his congregation continue on, though? Were there any um, heirs? Did his widow continue on that ministry?
0: Well, well, she continued his mail ministry. I I mean, she was mailing prisoners up until she died. I I mean, the last email, the, the last mailing I got from Lorraine Swift was probably July or August 2005, maybe September. She died in November.
1: Right, but nobody really knows Eli from the 80s, right? I mean... Pase Comitatus, Covenant Sword, Arm of the Lord. There are no major identity factions from the 80s that can say, oh yeah, he hung with us, he's a good guy. He's not on the, he's not on the radar in the 80s, as far as yep. I can tell. The,
0: the only person that could answer that, as far as I know, is is um, is Jim Wickstrom. You, you know, I know, and and Clifton actually did, I think correspond with Joseph November as early as the very late 90s. But it was right. the very late 90s. That, now, I think Clifton told me that. I don't quite remember. And, um, well, well, I'm not going to do I, – I hope not to do a show's Part 6, so I may not be able to answer that with any um, – certainty whatsoever, but I think Clifton remembered him from the late 90s. But but only Jim Wickstrom, he's the only guy I know that could answer that. I do know people personally, and, and several of them, that were in Bill Gale's congregation. And none of them knew Eli James from Bill Gale's con- congregation, but I don't know anybody, and I knew people that were... Um, Members of Compare's congregations in Bible studies, and, and I actually knew a couple in Montana, but my, my connection to um, Jean Snyder, Jean Snyder passed a year before I got out of prison. She died, and, and um, bless her soul, and I'm not in contact with her husband. But, but Jean Snyder, she, she talked about a lot of old identity people to me, and I, she never mentioned Eli James, right, or Joe November. Um,
1: I believe Eli first appeared on the scene either in the very late 90s or the early 2000s with that Ecclesiastical Council for the Restoration of Covenant Israel.
0: Now, now when, when an Eli James first wrote me, I had asked everybody I knew in, in Christian identity, the few people that I was corresponding with um, besides Clifton, and, and none of them had ever heard of him. So... And I had to rely on Ralph Daigle's word that, that he was a straight guy, right? That, that he was straight up. I had to take Ralph Daigle's word for it, basically. But that's okay. It, it's, um, it is what it is. What happened happened. I can't work with the man. He suddenly I, – I have the proof in the podcasts that the, the Two Seed Line Part 2 program that we did and the Ezekiel 38 program that we did, he agreed with me during those programs on the nature and the destiny of the other races, of the non-Adamic races, he agreed with me totally. He didn't argue with me at all about it. And and um, it, it's listen to those and listen to him now, and it's two different people. And I'm sure if I went back and listened to more of our old podcasts, because we did about 200 podcasts together, I would find time and time and time again that he agreed with me on the fate of the other races and 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 maybe not always on the origin of the other races but a beast is a beast The beast that's a beast in Genesis is sure as hell not a man in Revelation that is a Canaanite that, that's a Jewish merchants bait and switch that, that's the store that sells you the 27-inch TV for $200, and when you go inside, they're, they're sold out of them, but they have a, a, a 21-inch TV for $400 that you can have. Right, that's, but
1: Canaanites are somehow different from Edomites. Right. That,
0: that's a bait-and-switch. Now, now, I also have proof, in, um, and, and I presented this here a few weeks ago. This proof in Compare's paper, The Gathering of the Tares, that Bertrand Compare agrees with Clifton, Emma Heiser, and I on the fate of the other races at the Day of Judgment, in the Day of Yahweh, in, in the Day of His He agrees with us 100%, and he does not agree with Eli James. Eli James has been lying about that. So, and that, that, that I, I mean... That's in Compare's gathering the tears. I have the tape on kustigenia.org. You can listen to it from Camperé's own mouth. So, so this, I mean, people really have to sit and examine this guy's teachings and what his teachings were a couple of years before and, and, and wonder why I split with him. And I had damn good reason to split with him if you listen to his podcast, if you listen to the podcast we pointed out and i 'm I'm not you know what is Christian identity? Does Christian identity want to want to teach that the other races are, are, are you know are, are going to live happily ever after, as Joe November has written in his Beast of the Fields paper that they 're going to basically live happily ever after after Christ returns, or is the kingdom of heaven only for those who were born from above?
1: Well, he said what? they all need to go back to where they came from. Well, how can they? They're all hybrids. The Heavenly Father didn't plant he said those trees. They'll
0: go back to where they came from, and then he said, there's going to be peace and prosperity everywhere." That's what he said. After our race is restored, there's going to be peace and prosperity everywhere. That's what he said. That could have come right out of the mouth of a Catholic priest or or, or a Baptist pastor.
1: If I'm not mistaken, is not it written that all those
0: could have said that?
1: All those who um, ate off the mountain and grew fat off of us are going to be as though they had never been.
0: Well, well that's what Obadiah says, that, that all of those beasts eating off of Yahweh's holy mountain, that they shall be as though they have never been.
1: And he loves to read in Isaiah where it says that every man shall flee on his own to his own land, but he stops when it says, and they shall all be put to the sword.
0: Right. He, he, ignores, that. he, he ignores that part. It's totally academically dishonest. And he ignores that. He, he doesn't read. The next time Eli James reads Isaiah chapter 13, I, I think it's chapter 13, right? Verses 13 and 14. Ask him to read the next two verses. Because he always stops before he reads them. Ask him to read the next two verses of Isaiah. Where, where they're all going to be put to the sword and their children are going to be smashed, dashed to pieces.
1: I thought they'd be invited into the city and judged on their works. Well, well the man is totally dishonest.
0: And, and Christian identity should ask why, should realize that, and ask why. His name is November. And, and his daughter's married to an Egyptian sand nigger. She became engaged to him right about the time of our rift. And I wonder if that had anything to do with his taking a left hand turn on the race issue. I wonder if that had anything to do with it. Something tells me it has everything to do with it.
1: You're just a hater.
0: I'm just a hater. That's the way it has to be.
1: Well, well, hate is
0: love love for God's original creation and, and for God's plan for Adamic man. That's what hate is. That's what proper Christian hate is. Hate is love.
1: Well originally you were worried that you know he was trying to get the foot in the door for the other races and it seems right now he's just trying to demolish the door and knock it off its hinges.
0: Well well you know if if um, if Christian identity continues to listen to Eli James he's going to slide further and further down that slippery slope and if Christian identity allows Eli James to de- to define what Christian identity is, that then Christian identity shot. It's done. It's done. I'm not going to allow it. I'm never going to allow it. And I'm never going to give up the label Christian identity. Not, not because it's suddenly become tarnished, unpopular. It's, I'm never going to give up the label Christian. That that's the biblical name that the children of God should have in this age. And, and I established that on my program last night and last week talking about Acts chapter 11, that the, um, I'm not going to give up the labels because people poison them. It's not going to happen. I'm going to define them the way I believe they should be defined, and and that's what Christoginia.org is.
1: Well, at the heart of it, he's never answered the fundamental points we've raised. He's simply written, well, what, 21 pages here 50 here 40 there he's probably written close to 200 pages now simply slandering you and inventing straw man arguments against you and clifton, but he's ignoring the fundamental points that we've raised over the last two years and more well, recently well, in the his, last six months
0: his beast of the field paper his crumbs paper his shills are us paper and his william Fink race trader paper. They're all pure garbage they're all pure garbage And none of them address two things. The first is the podcasts which supply us with the basis for accusing him of being a universalist. Those podcasts are summarized in our program, The Universalism of Eli James. He's never addressed any of those things. Never. Now, the second set of issues he has never addressed are the actual scriptures which Clifton and I use to teach the fate of the other races, the non-Adamic races, at the return of Christ. And and you might think, well, you know, that don't matter until Christ returns. But I'm telling you, it has every bit of, of, of import to us today because what we teach first reflects our beliefs on, on, on the, um, the word of God, but just as important to that uh, as that is that what we teach is what future identity Christians are going to teach their children about race. And that's going to have a, a major um, impact on the mating decisions that they make later in life. Like I said, if little Susie believes her half-breed children are going to go back to Mexico and live happily ever after, as Eli James is teaching, then you're not going to keep Pedro's dick out of little Susie. That's just the way it is. That's the cold, hard truth.
1: What if you want to teach the scripture that her children are going to the lake of fire? She may still mix, she may not, but at least she's been properly informed.
0: At least she's been properly informed is right. And chances are she'll give that if she's been taught that her whole life, if she's been really taught the scripture her whole life, chances are she won't be found with an Egyptian sand nigger when she gets married, like the daughter of Eli James is right now. And that, too, is just the cold, hard truth. What is Christian identity? How is Christian identity going to define itself? That's important. That's important. What we can't, what we can't drop this ball. What we can't drop this ball. We can't um, fudge the race issue. We can't do it. Not if we're going to be stand-up Christians. Not if we're going to be tried and true Christians. We can't compromise this issue. We can't teach that God is going to judge bastards based on their behavior. That's that. That's absolutely contrary to Scripture. It's not, he's not going to judge bastards based on their behavior. Bastards fall into the category of all things which offend, that are gathered up and thrown in the fire. That's just the cold, hard truth. And I explained that to Eli James. I explained it to Eli James in part two of our two seed line series, and he couldn't contest it. He did not contest it at that time. Of course, at that time, it's possible that his daughter wasn't engaged to the Egyptian Sandnager yet. But he did not contest it at that time. And I cited all of the appropriate scriptures. Uh, I'm going to put a link to that program in the in the, um, the a chat. Uh, I'm sorry. In, in the talk show chat, there it is. Eli James. E- Eli James agreeing with me on the nature of bastards today. He doesn't agree. Today, who who changed? I don't change. My teachings haven't changed. That there may be things that I've I've, I've come to know better. That there may be little things here and there that 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 I've had to um, change my mind on because I've, I I have better facts because I I read more because I made some some new um the discovery to myself a, a, about what a scripture means or how it should be interpreted that that's fine we all that that's called development as a scholar that's development and we should all develop in that manner but my basic premises uh, on race and and their origins and their fates have not changed one bit since 2005 when I wrote my Broken Cisterns essays. And I taught the same things in my Broken Cisterns essays that I teach today. And Eli James had no problem with, with those essays for six years. But come 2000, the end of 2010, the beginning of 2011, he all of a sudden had a problem with the things that I taught in those essays. And I haven't changed. I haven't changed one bit. Joe November, he's a damn liar. He lies all the time. Go listen to the podcast. The proof is in his own words.
1: So in the best-case scenario, he's a misguided white man who's trying to open the door for his race-mixing daughter and his soon-to-be-bastard grandchildren, and that's the right. absolute best-case best
0: case scenario. That's the best-case scenario, because he took a left turn on a race issue when she became engaged to the Sandegger.
1: But with the irrefutable and increasingly mounting evidence, it's basically a slam dunk that his name is legally Joe November, he was almost certainly born Joe November. He was definitely Joe November when Elizabeth Miranda November was born in 81. So it seems much more likely that he's Joe November, Jewish infiltrator.
0: I'm going to put a link into the talk show chat. The Christoghenean people have all seen this. This link in the talk show chat that I just put there, november com. I didn't put that page there. I don't own that website. That's David and Elizabeth Tacla. Elizabeth about Elizabeth. Elizabeth Miranda November. Elizabeth was born February 3rd, 1981, in Chicago, Illinois, to so the parents Kathleen Gray and Joseph November. Now, if you check Joseph November's real estate transactions when he bought his house, Kathleen Gray was a partner in his real in his real estate transaction. She's his wife. That's the way it is if he didn't threaten to sue Clifton Emmeheiser, if he didn't continually deny his name, I wouldn't be saying this right now. Kathleen Gray and Joseph November, who have been married over 35 years. Elizabeth is six years older than her only sibling, Stephanie. Stephanie is Stephanie November. That's the way it is. There's Elizabeth November, the daughter of Eli James, and her sand nigger husband. And, and
1: parent apparently he has a lawyer on retainer or a lawyer he deals with frequently and you know I've only mentioned this once before in passing because you know I don't record my phone conversations with my friends so you you just have to take my word that this conversation took place right around the time when your split first occurred with Eli when when the um, cracks were starting to emerge he knew I wanted to file a slander suit and get Lindstedt's website shut down and he told me Brian I'm going to have my lawyer. He said, my lawyer. I'm going to have my lawyer call you. You give him all the details about Linstead, every all the information he'll need, and I'll I'll take care of all the legal fees. My lawyer will file against Linstead. We'll get all of his stuff shut down, and you won't have to worry about him anymore. And that was about two weeks before we went on with that. Uh, well, it was a number of weeks before we did that January program where I interviewed him. And after that program, well, any talk about him. Paying for a legal case against Linstead, that just never came up again, and his lawyer never contacted me. So from my perspective, he was trying to bribe me.
0: Well, well, it sounds like it to me with a Christian pastor should not have a lawyer.
1: Right, but he didn't say, I'll have a lawyer contact you. He said, I'll have my lawyer.
0: Right, he shouldn't have a lawyer. on a, a real Christian pastor wouldn't have a lawyer on retainer. Uh, I mean, you might have a special um, business need. But but then you should leave that lawyer in your business, right? I, I mean, and leave him there. You should never bring that into your in, into your ministry. That's disgraceful.
1: From my perspective, though, he was basically reading between the lines. It was side with me in this issue with Bill, and I'll take care of you.
0: Right. Yeah, right. Well, uh, I, I don't, uh, I think he's been extremely dishonest ever since the beginning. I am going, we're, we're not going to get to the rest of this um, Shills R Us paper. I am going to answer this paper in the Christagenia Forum. It, it's. I, I I feel that I, I, I'm i obligated to do it, especially since I started it. Uh, I like, since I started answering it, I, I I like to finish the things that I start, if Yahweh God wills it. Um... I didn't want to do these five podcasts answering the shills. I didn't want to do these at all. I'm compelled to, I was compelled to do them. My hand was forced. It was forced when Joe November posted Shills R Us on his website. When Joe November, and, and, and the proof is in the pudding, when Joe November posted William Fink Race Trader on his website, I never used my program as a platform to answer that. I never wrote anything in retaliation to it. I basically tried real hard to ignore it. When too many people were asking too many questions about things that Joe November was teaching, that's when I decided that, that, that I should do, and, and Brian, you, you, you helped me, that I should do the Universalism of Eli James podcast. Now, even though he wrote William Think Race Trader, and and um, certain people like Fat Ass Alan Truitt helped distribute that paper, which is basically just a slander against me, even though that was done, I basically ignored it. I tried real hard to ignore it, and and, and I when I did answer Joe November, it was only on the grounds of doctrine. If you listen to the March 16th, the Universalism of Eli James paper, it's all about the doctrine. None of it is about Eli James. None of it's about person, character, none of it. It's all about the doctrine. And he retaliated to my questioning his doctrine with another 21-page slander against me called Shills Are Us. So here I am. He forced my hand. I don't like doing this. I don't like what I've done the last five weeks, but I feel that I had to do it. I had to answer his lies. We've answered a lot of them. There's a lot left. I'm not going to continue this series beyond this point unless I have a future compulsion to respond to him again. And I have to leave that, – that ball's in oh. his court. If he wants to stop, he could stop. But, you know, if he didn't write Shilzaras his daughter, a picture of his daughter and her sand nigger husband, because that's what he is, wouldn't be on the Christagenia Forum right now.
1: And I do have the email exchange for anybody who wants to see it. If they want to see it, I'll make it available. When we were using DMCA complaints – well, I shouldn't say we because you weren't part of it, but you know, we, myself and others – get Linstead sites shut down for copyright violations, Eli told me, "I'm strapped for time, Brian. But if you drop the DMCA complaint, I can just put my name to it and submit it to the server, and we'll try and get more complaints piled on them until they shut him down yet again." So I spent about an hour or so prepared up the complaint form, sent it to him. He never did anything with it because you have to submit generally a copy of your driver's license and you have to sign the complaint with your legal name. And he can't sign a complaint with a legal name under penalty of perjury, Eli James, because that's not his name.
0: Right. Well, well right. I, I mean, identity Christians who, who, who accept the teachings of the man should know and they have a right to know, but they also have an obligation and this isn't true of identity Christians, it's true of all Christians. They have an obligation to examine who that man is and, and where he's coming from. They have an obligation to that. that that's why Paul had such um, numerous and, and, and basically strict instructions to Timothy in, in 1 Timothy chapter 3 on what the nature of pastors and bishops should be. You, you have to make sure that they are upright, identifiable men who have raised their own families well, and, and, and that's the way it is. Now, we all have children that could go wrong, but we have to, in this day and age, we have to disown those children. How can you judge a man and his teachings and his character if he's concealed his family from you? With, with excuses about the Jews and the, the enemies, that's not Christian. That's not Christian at all. It is not Christian to hide if you're a pastor. It's I not Christian at all.
1: He's not exactly concerned about the Jews or else he would be using a different name. He wouldn't have used Joseph November, the register Eli James Publishing, because exactly. everyone in his household exactly. has that same surname. Exactly. Exactly as a suspicious paranoid individual and just because you're paranoid it doesn't mean they aren't out to get you i would tend to suspect as someone who's become increasingly suspicious of mr november that his actual motivation might be he doesn't want anyone stumbling across the wedding photos and seeing his arab son-in-law
0: well, well absolutely and 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 everything else that's embarrassing like like his polish jewish the Polish-Jewish origin of his name. Uh, I mean, come on. He's not trying to hide from the enemy. He's trying to hide from Christian identity. And, And if indeed he's a Jew, well, then, yeah, maybe he is trying to hide from the enemy. The enemy is trying to pervert and corrupt. Because bastards won't be saved. Because Yahweh is not going to judge bastards. Because the other races aren't going to stand in a judgment based on their works. They're all goats. They're headed to the lake of fire. There's no evading that, fo- that. There's no avoiding that fate. That's what the Bible teaches. I'm never going to shirk from that. That's just the way it is. With the grace of Yahweh. Okay, we're going to wrap this program up. I mean, as I said again, I didn't want to do this series. I was forced to do this series, and I'm going to answer the rest of Shills R Us in the Christagenia Forum as as the, the the next four to six weeks unfold. It might take me that long because I'm a one-man operation, and Christagenia is a pretty big place. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Brian. Good night, and, and praise Yahweh. I will be here um, next week. I'm going to present two papers from Panama City, the, the two essays I've recently written, and I'm going to expound on them um, to some extent, I'm sure. The, the two papers are Strip Bearer and Naked and No Safe Haven. Um, I tried to write No Safe Haven so that people could print that off and, and hand it to White's who aren't aware of racial, racial issues. It's not really written from an identity perspective. There's not a whole lot of religion in it uh, until the very end, and, and, and I'm hoping that it's a good wake-up paper in the future for, for white people. It's only three pages. It's only 2,000 words, and, and it makes a few very succinct points, I believe, about the race issue today. No,
1: that's all, that's all just uh, that, that's so wrong. If the blacks only understood the Jews were the real enemy, they'd stop raping white women.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. Well, niggers, wild beasts amongst us are never going to stop raping white women, no matter what you teach them.
1: Well, let's get some black Hebrew Israelites on here, and we can explain it all to them.
0: Yeah, right. Okay, Brian, thanks for being here. Praise Yahweh. Thank you, everybody. God bless. Our, our Mark Downey and pastors Mark Downey and Don Elmore are filling in for us next Saturday night. That should be a good program. Thank you, and good night.
1: Praise Yahweh. Good night.
0: Praise Yahweh.